Welcome to the November 8th front page articles of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. Thanks for joining us here on the Angus Beef Bulletin Audio. I'm Casey Brown, Managing Editor of Audio for the Angus Beef Bulletin. If you have questions or concerns, please let us know at abbeditorial at angus.org. Now, let's get started. Selecting for the end goal. Experts discuss tools for finding the right replacements to help meet breeding objectives. Story and photos by Lindsay Sowen, Editorial Intern. Selecting replacement heifers can be overwhelming. There's a lot to consider. What heifers fit my breeding goals? On what expected progeny differences should I focus? What role does environment play? The list goes on, but perhaps the most important question is, what are my breeding objectives? Selecting replacement heifers is an expensive and time-consuming job, but it is one every producer must do. Whether buying replacements from someone else or producing them at home, there are some parameters and tools commercial cattlemen can use to select the right females for their operation. Where it starts. Selection often begins before the calf is born, says Kelly Retallick Riley, president of Angus Genetics, Inc. We're trying to use those EPDs before those females may even be created, she says. She encourages producers to use EPDs to establish breeding targets and guide breeding decisions. Doing so allows cattlemen to mate their cows to the right bulls to produce a good cohort of females from which to select replacements. Often producers look at calving ease direct, but when breeding for replacement heifers, they should also pay attention to calving ease maternal, Retallick Riley says. That's what predicts the future heifer's ability to lay down and have a calf. Heifer pregnancy predicts the heifer's ability to get pregnant as a virgin female, she explains. Beyond EPDs. EPDs are great selection tools, but they are not the only selection parameter. Phenotype plays an important role in who stays in the herd and who does not. Selecting heifers that are structurally sound and with the correct temperament provides a great place to start, says Retallick Riley. Phenotype plays a large role in Jimmy Taylor's selection process. I don't like cattle that hurt my eyes, says the commercial cattleman from Cheyenne, Oklahoma. I like to enjoy looking at my cattle, and then they've got to grow. He pays great attention to each heifer prior to breeding and looks for qualities that will help keep them in the herd. Generally, I would encourage producers to evaluate their production records because they are helpful in determining growth potential and identifying the calves that are from above average producing cows, says Casey McCarthy, University of Nebraska-Lincoln beef cow-calf specialist. To read more about selecting replacement heifers, read the full article in the Angus Beef Bulletin. You can find a link to that article on the article online. Editor's note, a student at West Texas A&M University, Lindsay Sowen was the 2022 Angus Beef Bulletin summer intern. News and notes, industry tidbits from around the country, compiled by Shauna Hermel, editor. This installment of News and Notes features articles about the National Angus Bull Sale in Oklahoma, Oklahoma. This installment of News and Notes features articles about the National Angus Bull Sale in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma in January, the Angus Foundation heifer package that will kick off the sale, a change to specifications to qualify for the certified Angus beef brand, the Angus Journal's new podcast, The Angus Conversation, a partnership to address forest management and wildfire control, and funding to expand processing capacity. National Angus Bull Sale will be January 6th. The 2023 National Angus Bull Sale will be January 6th at 2 p.m. in the Super Barn Sale Arena during the Cattlemen's Congress in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. All consignments will be DNA profiled, will possess a complete set of expected progeny differences and dollar value indexes, and must be free of any genetic conditions recognized by the American Angus Association.
All bulls born before January 1, 2022 will have passed a complete breeding soundness examination, physical and semen, within 30 days of the sale. For more information about the sale, contact sale managers Jeff Mayfee or Alex Tolbert. You can find their contact information in the article online. Angus Foundation Heifer to kick off sale. The Angus Foundation Heifer Package will kick off the 84th National Angus Bull Sale January 6th at the Cattlemen's Congress. The heifer headlining the 2023 Angus Foundation Heifer Package is donated by Coleman Angus of Charlo, Montana. The heifer Coleman Chloe 173, registration number 2007645, is the Coleman Chloe female with the highest maternal weaned calf value $M, in the ranch's herd. She's backed by a pedigree represented by the operation's most notable cow families. The offering includes transportation to the buyer's ranch provided by Lathrop Livestock Transportation from Dundee, Illinois, and an advanced reproductive technology package from Transova Genetics in Sioux Center, Iowa. The sale will start at 2 p.m. at the Oklahoma State Fairgrounds in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. CAB refines hot carcass weight specification. Rewarding cattlemen in every segment of the beef industry for supplying consistent premium beef has been a longtime focus for certified Angus beef. It continues to be the focus as the brand adjusts its hot weight carcass specification to a maximum of 1,100 pounds. The revision is a result of the brand's continual work to evaluate progress of the industry, its specifications, and make adjustments that support the industry's ability to produce the consistent, high-quality product consumers expect. The brand's hot carcass weight specification is being adjusted from a maximum weight of 1050 pounds to 1100 pounds. This change was implemented by the USDA and the Canadian Beef Grading Agency on October 31, 2022. While, uh, with industry economics furthering the trend for heavier carcasses, cattle producers will have greater opportunity to capitalize on brand premiums. The brand estimates the hot carcass weight adjustment could increase the number of certified carcasses 3 to 4 percent, adding approximately 200,000 certified carcasses to supply. Get in on the conversation. There's a lot to talk about in the Angus business. The Angus Conversation, an Angus Journal podcast launched in August, fosters discussion on important topics in the breed. Listen to the latest episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Willis Noble, commercial cattleman, want it all. A good bull versus a great bull, and other insight from Gerald Callahan. And from data submission to depreciation, September 22 board highlights. We've covered a lot of ground already, from marketing cattle on the rail all the way through to importance of phenotypes in the genetic evaluation, says Miranda Ryman, co-host. I hope you see this as your podcast, one that features people like you, with the sole purpose of growing dialogue and talking about things you care about. To suggest guests or topics or reach out to any of the hosts, submit ideas in the comic box, comment box at www.theangusconversation.com. If you enjoy an episode, be sure to rate it or subscribe to never miss out. Angus Summer Internships The American Angus Association will offer internships in summer 2023. College students looking for experience in media, communications, events, or genetics can visit the Angus Career Center at www.angus.org careers to submit a cover letter, resume, and three references by January 10th, 2023. Stewardship Agreement Addresses Wildfire Crisis the Biden-Harris administration announced October 28th that the USDA's Forest Service and the National Wild Turkey Federation have signed a landmark 20-year National Master Stewardship Agreement. 
The agreement paves the way for the partner organizations to work together to address the wildfire crisis in the West and promote healthy forests across the United States. It includes an initial $50 million commitment from President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law, as well as regular agency appropriations and other sources. The agreement reflects our strong, long-standing relationship with the National Wild Turkey Federation and its four decades of forest restoration work on national forests and grasslands, USDA Forest Service Chief Randy Moore said. Larger wildfires, more frequent national disasters, and disturbances that continue to threaten the health of the nation's forests and grasslands and the wildlife habitat they provide means the work we do together is even more vital. When Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack announced the Forest Service wildfire crisis strategy at the beginning of this year, the National Wild Turkey Federation began to identify areas where they could assist. Using funding made possible by this agreement, the Federation will develop regional projects to protect communities, reduce wildfire risk, and improve forest health, wildlife habitat, and water quality on national forests and grasslands. USDA announces funds to expand processing capacity. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association commended USDA following Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack's November 2nd announcement of more than $223 million in grants and loans to support small to mid-sized processing facilities. NCBA has long advocated for expanded processing capacity to provide cattle producers with additional options for turning their cattle into high-quality beef. Today, the cattle industry needs more targeted capacity in high-need areas, and we look forward to these facilities launching and expanding operations, said Tanner Bamer, NCBA Senior Director of Government Affairs. We appreciate USDA working with NCBA to strengthen the marketplace and support America's cattle producers. The November 2nd announcement is the first round of investments in additional meat processing capacity, totaling $73 million across 21 grant projects. NCBA has advocated for funds in the form of grants and low-interest loans to help small and mid-sized processing facilities open their doors and expand existing capabilities, all to increase competition and strengthen the beef supply chain. In total, the federal government has announced a combined investment of $1 billion allocated to the Meat and Poultry Processing Expansion Program, Workforce Development, and Technical Assistance. Fed's efforts to temper inflation and cool the economy will continue. Consumer spending is seemingly unfazed by inflation interest rate hikes. The Federal Reserve is finding it harder to cool the economy than expected. Most corners of the U.S. economy are performing very well, considering the Fed has been aggressively raising rates for seven months. Manufacturing continues to expand. Consumer spending remains strong. The labor market is still extremely tight, and quarter three gross domestic product data showed solid growth. While the rate increases have done little to cool spending and tamp down inflation, critics are increasing their calls for the Fed to stop raising rates. The argument is that further monetary tightening will have catastrophic effects on the U.S. and global economies, and that inflation is about to fall precipitously. According to a new quarterly report from CoBank's Knowledge Exchange, the Fed does not see it that way, nor should it. To date, there is no solid evidence that inflation is on a steep downward path, and there is also little evidence that higher rates are severely damaging the economy, said Dan Kowalski, vice president of CoBank's Knowledge Exchange. Ultimately, to get inflation levels down, the willingness or ability of consumers and businesses to spend must also come down. That means rate hikes will continue until the Fed achieves its mandate of price stability. 
Unfortunately, that increases the likelihood of collateral damage coming in the first half of 2023. There are signs of slowing, however, which are the first cracks to form from monetary tightening, noted Kowalski. Consumer credit is on the rise, while savings, savings rates are falling, and wage growth is falling even as inflation remains high, reducing consumer purchasing power. In contrast, the energy and agri-food sectors have gained unexpected levels of pricing power, as supply shortages now appear to be medium-term challenges. Risks and uncertainty remain exceptionally high, but elevated commodity prices also offer opportunities. Grains, farm supply, and biofuels. Grain prices remained volatile through the third quarter, finishing mostly higher. U.S. corn and wheat futures rose 11% and 8%, respectively, partly offset by a 2% drop in soybeans. On-farm grain storage is higher than 2021 levels for the uh, three major crops, potentially signaling a stronger harvest time basis this year. Corn and soybean exports for the new crop marketing year are up 13% compared to last year. However, grain transport expenses could remain higher as low water levels on the Mississippi River caused a spike in barge rates. Russia is now indicating it may not extend its agreement to allow Ukrainian grain exports via the Black Sea, which would send grain price words upward. Despite a slow start to the spring planting season, ag retailers successfully managed crop input inventories and had a very good summer agronomy season. Domestic fertilizer prices fell by 5 to 16 percent in the third quarter amid a massive correction in energy prices. However, prices have been rising as harvest begins and farmers shift their attention to fall application season. Russia's war with Ukraine continues to affect global supplies and prices for nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium fertilizers. Ethanol production continued to trend down as the third quarter closed, concurrent with recession fears, lower gasoline demand, and capital market volatility. The most significant event of the quarter was on the policy front, with the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. The legislation provides strong current and future support for renewable energy, and biofuels in particular. Animal Protein and Dairy the slowing global economy and unrelenting food inflation are concerns for red meat and poultry demand in 2023. Consumer willingness to pay higher prices for meat and poultry since the start of the pandemic encourages optimism, however. USDA forecasts domestic per capita red meat and poultry consumption at a record high of 225 pounds in 2022. Per capita chicken consumption will likely set new records in coming years given chicken's appeal to budget-minded consumers. While broiler chick hatchability has been an issue during the past few years, weekly incubation rates have improved, and chick placements are up 5% year-over-year. Export markets remain favorable for broiler meat despite numerous outbreaks of high-pathogenic avian influenza, which commercial broiler facilities have largely avoided. Beef markets remained generally strong through the third quarter, with prices for live cattle 13% higher than a year ago. Cattle slaughter numbers have surged in recent weeks and are running 4% higher than the five-year average. To date, strong beef demand has largely overcome swelling retail prices. This is spurring optimism as cattle supplies erode, which will inevitably force beef prices higher. While the hog market is softening, prices were remarkably strong in the third quarter, with cash lean hog prices topping $1.20 per pound in early August. Pork cutout prices spent much of the quarter above $120 per hundredweight, a level about $50 above the five-year average. 
China continues to slow its pork imports, leading to a 16% reduction in total U.S. pork exports year-to-date. However, Mexico and other destinations have picked up some of those losses. The U.S. dairy cow herd continues to show only incremental growth, despite record high milk prices and positive margins. High feed and labor costs, combined with tight heifer availability, are limiting herd growth. Class 4 milk continues to hold a premium to Class 3, elevated by rising butter prices, which reached record highs last quarter. Butter supplies remained extremely tight, down 22% year over year. The USDA has raised its forecast for U.S. dairy exports to a record $9.5 billion in 2022. Cotton, rice, and specialty crops. Cotton prices plummeted as worries about a global economic slowdown intensified. With harvest in most of the United States in full swing, any further surprises on the supply side seem unlikely. The market is now focused on export sales, and beyond that, 2023 planted acreage. Given the current pound-per-bushel price ratios, a sizable reduction in U.S. planted acres next year wouldn't be surprising. U.S. rice prices climbed last quarter after India, the world's largest rice exporter, banned exports of broken rice and imposed a 20% export tariff on several varieties of white rice. USDA reduced its export forecast for India by 2 million metric tons as a result. The U.S. rice crop is expected to be the smallest since the 1993 uh, and 1994 due to fewer acres and lower yields. With global supplies tightening, USDA is projecting record high prices for U.S. producers. Sugar beet harvest throughout the Red River Valley is nearing completion, with yields and extraction rates varying by location. Processors should have ample supplies, assuming normal winter weather preserves beet conditions into early spring. The Louisiana sugarcane crop is in excellent condition, particularly in relation to 2021 when Hurricane Ida hindered yield potential. Despite record high wholesale prices, U.S. per capita sugar consumption hit a record high in fiscal year 2021-22 at nearly 75 pounds. Reservoirs feeding key specialty crop growing regions of the western United States entered the new water year October 1st at historically low levels, implying another tight year for water allocations. With a La Nina weather pattern possibly continuing into its third year, the outlook for precipitation needed to raise reservoir levels is dim, and growers are bracing for more fallowed acres. Power, Water, and Communications The rapid increase in exports of U.S. liquid natural gas has converted U.S. natural gas markets from a mostly captive pricing market to one that is at least partially exposed to world prices. The increased demand for exports has lifted long-term domestic natural gas prices from $3 to $4 per million British thermal units to a $4 to $5 per million British thermal units window and possibly higher. The incremental demand doesn't pose a challenge from a supply perspective, but it has been added in such an abbreviated time frame producers may find themselves scrambling to satisfy a soon-to-be-crowded marketplace. T-Mobile and Verizon dominated the home broadband market in the third quarter with aggressive price packages for fixed wireless bundled with smartphone plans. Uh, Broadband operators located in smaller or rural cities could face competitive threats if the national wireless operators decide to target these markets. Apple announced its iPhone 14 with limited satellite connectivity, bringing rural Americans one step closer to a broadband connectivity option they haven't had previously. Read the quarterly 
Each CoBank quarterly provides updates and an update outlook for the macro economy and U.S. ag markets, grains, biofuels, and farm supply, animal protein, dairy, cotton and rice, specialty crops, and rural infrastructure industries. You can find the link to that on the article online. Editors note this article is provided by CoBank's Knowledge Exchange Division.